0: Hallelujah. Verse Samuel 15. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Verse 3 said, Now go, this is what Samuel told Saul, Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy. I want everybody in this room to say utterly destroy. He said utterly destroy all that they have and spare not. Spare them not," he said. "Slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass." And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, two hundred thousand footmen and ten thousand men of Judah. several weeks ago, we had a men's outing, it was a rough weather day, but Brother Charlie, who's in California today, asked Brother Burl Masters to speak, and I want to tell you, Burl's not in here today, but what a phenomenal job he did. He spoke, and his first words were, the Lord has been dealing with me about being obedient to the Word, and obedient to Him. And I may not be quoting Him word for word, but this is what came out of His mouth. He talked to us for the next few minutes about obedience, and I told Him then, I said, Burl, matter of fact, pretty much took my sermon, but He used the same scripture that I read to you today. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 15. It's full of the nuggets that I'm going to preach to you today. My subject today is simply this. The peril of partial obedience. The peril. The danger of partial obedience. You may be seated. What a church service we're having today. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost in the house today? Anybody want to go to heaven? That's why I came to church this morning. I want to be saved. And I told God this morning early in prayer, Lord, save me, no matter what it takes. Just save me. And I felt I felt Him drawing me this week to the subject that I'm going to speak to you about. And I've had it in my Bible, in my notes, for several weeks now, before Burl spoke. And I told him that. But I want to I speak to you for just a few minutes today because this is a story that we need to take great note of. It's not here just for our reading. It, it has meaning. And what we're looking at in 1 Samuel 15 is a, a very tragic event because God now was remembering all that Amalek, had done to Israel and for 400 years past, they had been a thorn in the side of Israel so God sends his prophet Samuel to his king Saul remember when God chose Saul does anybody remember the story how that Samuel went to look at uh, at all the, the the kings and the people who are qualified, and God said, I want that guy, that guy Saul. He's head and shoulders above everybody in Israel, tall man, big man of stature. And Samuel anointed, caught him, he was just simply tending his father's donkeys. And Samuel anointed him king over Israel. But the Lord chose him not because of his stature but because he was little in his own eyes. So Samuel comes to Saul now and says, The Lord has called you, and I want you to hearken to the voice of the Lord. And he said, I remember the, that which Amalek did to Israel. That was God's people and is God's people, still is God's people. And uh, his chosen ones. And now he said, I want you to go smite Amalek. But the reason I had you to repeat after me, utterly destroy, because God was very specific about what he said. He said, I want you to kill men and women, infants, sucklings, ox, sheep, camels, and asked, I want you to kill it all. I don't want anything left. That's in the scripture. And Saul gathered the people and went to war. Now I've got to show you the story today and then then I'll, I'll preach a little bit as I go through because there's some nuggets here that we need to draw out. Saul smote the Amalekites. The Bible said in verse 7, From Havilah unto Shur, that is over against Egypt, But verse 8 said, And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. He did not destroy Agag. He utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. He did what God told him to do, almost. But he did not destroy Agag. Agag was the king. I don't know what caused Saul to to do what he did, except that maybe he wanted to flaunt his victory before the children of Israel. I don't know if it's because pride had lifted him up. I'm not sure. You can't read into the mind of Saul. But here's what I do know. The Bible said in verse 9 that Saul and the people spared Agag. But here's what the people did. The best of the sheep and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good. And they would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed utterly. In other words, they picked and chose what they wanted to do. And they kept the, those things that they thought were good. I can hear the excuse now. We're going to keep these things to offer sacrifices unto God. We're going to keep them because the Lord has given us this victory. You better hear me today. The Bible said, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. And the Bible said in verse 11, It repented me, God said, that I have set Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. What the Scripture is saying that I know that you have destroyed almost all of the Amalekites. I know that every man, woman, all of that's destroyed. Every infant, every suckling. But here's, here's what happened. When Samuel got up in the morning to go find Saul, and he was going to tell Saul, Saul came to Carmel and and behold, he set him up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And then the Bible said, Samuel came to Saul. And Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou the Lord. This is what Saul said. For I have performed the commandment of the Lord I've done what you told me to do Samuel I went and destroyed the Amalekites but that's not what Samuel saw because Samuel said what meaneth this the bleating of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear what's that I'm hearing Saul is that some something that I shouldn't be hearing What's going on in this camp? And Saul said, Saul said, They have brought them up from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen, and they're going to sacrifice them unto the Lord. They're going to give sacrifice. Aren't you proud of us, Samuel? Didn't we do good? We got rid of everything. now. And then Samuel looks over, and I'm paraphrasing now. He says, Who's this guy? Oh, oh, this is Agag. I want you to meet Agag. He was the king of the Amalekites. Look what a victory we've had. But I want to tell you that God was angry and God was upset because Agag was spared, because there was oxen and sheep that were spared. Because any of the spoil of the Amalekites was to be utterly destroyed. God didn't say almost. God didn't say perhaps. God didn't say you can if you want to. God said, I am sending you to utterly destroy the Amalekites and some of you in your mind they'll be saying oh that's that." I don't believe God's that harsh I'd like to take you to the scripture honey God is very particular about some things and when he says it he means it and whatever he puts in his word it is law and order I don't get to change it you don't get to change it I don't get to make my own opinions you don't get to make your own opinions I've come to preach to you on a Sunday morning that the peril of a modern day society and the peril of 2019 is that we have too many people who want to obey to a point, but they will not go all the way with Jesus. So, Samuel says, who's this? He said, oh, that's a that guy. Samuel said, Saul, when thou was little in thy own sight, was thou not made head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. The Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the, the sinners, the Amalekites, the fight against them until they are consumed. And, and, and how did you come back? How did you come back with this spoil? And, and you did evil, evil. Saul thought he was obeying and Samuel said, You've done evil in the sight of God. Evil. Saul said, Samuel, yea, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I want to, I want to hurry on down. Then he started blaming the people, Saul did. He said, The people took the spoil. I didn't do it. The people took it. They took the sheep and the oxen, the chief of things, Uh, which should have been utterly destroyed, the sacrifice of the Lord in Gilgal. They did it. I didn't have anything to do with it, Samuel. I did keep Agag. But he's the king. Well, Samuel, could I paraphrase? Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to parade Agag down the street, and we're going to let everybody see who he is, and then we're going to destroy him in front of everybody. No, 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 no. 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 That's not the way it works. That's not what God asked you to do. You see, the problem is is that you partially obeyed God, but you didn't fully obey God. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and in sacrifice. I don't care how much they're going to sacrifice. He said he don't have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as he does in in." obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, the to obey, God said through Samuel, to obey, somebody said with me, to obey is better than the sacrifice. You can fast twenty five days and still be lost. You can give and sacrifice and still be lost. It's not about what you do in sacrifice. It's what you do in obedience to God. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice. Here's what else he said. I love it in verse 23 because he said to Saul, Samuel said for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry in other words, Saul, you've been stubborn and you performed a wrong act and your rebellion against God is just like the sin of witchcraft. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you on a Sunday morning, the peril of partial obedience is that it is disobedience. The thing, you can't pull one scripture out and say, well, I'll just live on this. You can't pull one word from God out. Let me preach to you this morning. It's some cover to Cover. We got to live by the book of God. We got to give it our best shot. We got to live by what this word says. You don't get to pick and choose what you like or don't like. You're not called in the place you're not the quarterback he still owns the team and he still runs the show it's his church and he said upon this rock I'm going to build my church the word of God is settled and we cannot partially obey we have to fully obey somebody ought to shout hallelujah this morning I'm preaching to someone on this Sunday morning. Saul said, Samuel, oh, I've sinned, I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people. He said, I was afraid of the people. And he said, I obeyed their voice. God, help any preacher. God, help any king that will obey the voice of the people and not the voice of God. If it rubs you the wrong way when I preach the word of God, I'm very sorry that you're rubbed. No, I'm not. I'm glad that you're rubbed because the Bible said the word of the Lord is a, like a two-edged sword. It's sharp. It goes deep. It cuts to the bone and to the marrow. It gets down to where we live. Could I preach to you today? You need to be shaken. I need to be shaken. We need the word of the Lord as it is. We don't need it watered down. We don't need somebody sprinkling a little water and something salve on it and make it where it won't hurt. Oh, God, would you rustle us up? Would you get in our spirit? Oh, God, would you stir us to where we can't sleep at night? Would you make us, Lord, fall on our face in prayer? Because it's not right to listen to the voice of the people. David Masters today. I feel like John Wayne. Somebody go tell him to turn it on. I'm preaching like John Wayne and not a skinny jean preacher this morning. The facts are we got too many folks that sliding around the gospel, sliding around the truth, taking things up that you have already laid down. Let me tell you what the Bible said. If I build again the things I once destroyed. I make myself a transgressor If I think oh well The new age it's okay now If I go back and get it now It's okay No it's not No it's not I want to teach to you this morning I want to preach to you today That partial obedience Is disobedience you got to obey the word of the Lord We can't have The gospel doesn't change Ladies and gentlemen The word of the Bible said This word is forever settled in heaven that's what it said. It said you can't change a dotting of an I or the crossing of a T. You can't change this word. Some of the stuff I'll preach in the next few minutes won't be popular, but it'll be right. Amen. The Lord, here's what Saul he said, as Samuel turned to go away, he laid hold on the skirt of his mantle. Saul did. And he tried to hold on to Samuel. And the Lord, Samuel said, turned around and said, Saul, the Lord has rent the kingdom from Israel from thee this day. And hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie for repentance. Will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, Saul said. I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray thee before the elders of thy people, before the Israel, and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and guess what? Saul worshiped the Lord. But he lost his kingship because of partial opinions. So then Samuel did something that is pretty wild. He said, Bring ye hither Agag, the king of the Amalekites. In other words, where's that guy at? Bring him to me. And Agag came unto him I tried to picture in my mind today what that means. A little bit afraid, maybe. Delicately. are you so? King. Honorable King. I'm sure he was making all the right gestures. He brought him to him. And Agag came to him. The Bible said... Nagag said, this is the only words you find coming out of his mouth. Surely the bitterness of death has passed. In other words, Saul, it's over. Hey, you got me. My people are dead. Surely the bitterness of death has passed. Let me show you what God does. God, God had a hold of Samuel. And the Bible said, Samuel said, as thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thou mother be childless among women. And here's a little verse you need to remember. The Bible said, Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord and Gilgal. That's a bloody mess going on, folks. Let me tell you what he did. He took a sword. He cut his arm off and it fell off. He cut another arm off and it fell off. He cut a leg off. Let me. You, you don't believe that. The Bible said he hewed him in pieces before the Lord because God intended to utterly destroy sin. Utterly destroy iniquity. Utterly destroy the enemy. Oh, I can see it now. Some of you don't have the guts for what God's about to do. But let me tell you, He can utterly destroy. When you don't utterly destroy the things in your life that shouldn't be there, God knows how to utterly destroy them. You don't have the, 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 the Pardon me, just the guts to watch and see what God's about to do. But when he gets through, it's going to be utterly destroyed. It's going to be hewed in pieces before the Lord. I'm preaching to you on this Sunday morning. There are some things in our life we can't look. Some of you wouldn't think about committing murder. Wouldn't kill anybody. But you want to hate your brother. Hello now. You wouldn't think about going down to the bank and robbing the bank today. You wouldn't think about that. Yet Malachi three says you'll rob God. Oh, well, you ain't liking me now, are you? It's okay. You see, we we want to put it all out there. Wow, well, you know. All this sin, drugs and alcohol and and illustrious lifestyles and promiscuous lifestyles and and horrible things are going on, but I'm just wondering if perhaps we've left a agag in our life. I'm wondering if there's a king in our life that hasn't been destroyed yet. I'm. Wondering if prayer and repentance hadn't put some things on the altar and left them there like it should have been. You see, we're in a battle. We're not against the Amalekites. We're against Satan and all of his imps and all of his angels. But let me tell you, sir, you will not get out of this world until you utterly destroy sin, until you get rid of everything in your life that is unlike him. You won't go anywhere until you get it right and you fully obey the word of God hey I didn't say it he said it he said you gotta repent until you do repent you can't get forgiveness he said be baptized in the name of Jesus now how in the world people can take the word of God and read it and say well you know we'll pray in his name go anywhere you want to Go to a ball game. Go to a stadium. Go to a conference hall. Go to any religious activity. Doesn't matter where you go when they get through praying. You know what they say? In Jesus' name. That's what they say. But, Brother Eric, they won't take you to the water and put you in water and bury you in the name that is above every name. Because they believe in a triune God. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You don't need to partially obey God. You need to fully obey God because disobedience is partial obedience. I love you, Michael D'Otray. Can I preach about you a little bit today? Come here and help me preach. You you never got to preach with me before. I'm not sure he wants to, but Michael D'Otray's my friend. He went to Israel with me. Me and Michael had several talks over the years. Michael came out of a church that didn't believe what we believe. I'd get up and teach about one God in Jesus' name, baptism. He called me the next day. He said, Pastor, now that that's not right. The, the, you, 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 the, and, and we'd talk a little bit. Before it was over, I'd have him cornered up. And he'd say, Okay, I see. I see. How long were you in this church for this year? How, how long have you been here? Eight years. Good man. Got the Holy Ghost. Loves God. Went to Israel with me. <laughs> I got him in the Jordan River. And when he came out, he looked at me and said, Preacher, you finally got me. <laughs> you know what you did, Michael? You, you fully obeyed God. Thank God that you're not just partially obeying Him anymore. You fully obeyed God. What a good man. I'm preaching to somebody today. You know what? You've been putting it off. You've been saying, Ah, oh, that's not really necessary. It is necessary. That's not really what... Oh, yes, it is. If it's in that book, you better be doing it today. Because let me tell you, honey, when God walks in, He's not putting up with partial obedience. He's going to take those who have fully obeyed the Word of God... Well, preacher, it's not like it used to be. Grace. We got grace. I'm so sick of hearing about grace. Let me tell you about grace. It is the unmerited favor of God. I don't mean I'm sick of grace. I'm sick of people exploiting it and acting like it's a license to do what you want to do. You can't do what you want to do just because you have grace. You have mercy, but that doesn't mean that you can go out and do everything you want to do and the Lord's going to just take it off. All the way. let me preach to you today you better get it right and get it according to the word because partial obedience is disobedience everybody with me today? gooey grace gooey grace grace, grace that's been nullified because of people that that say well you know it's okay I'll get by. You may not because let me tell you the end of the story God rejected Saul from being king over this act and he never spoke to Samuel again until he died the prophet never walked back into his life he never had the anointing of God again All I'm saying today is we need a heart check. We don't need to let society run us. We don't need to let the world tell us how to live for God. We need to let the Word of God tell us how to live for God. We don't need to let Hollywood dictate the moves of this church. We don't need, no we don't. We need to let God tell us. Let me tell you what kind of preacher I am, okay? When I was a young man, I thought God called me to be a sheriff. I hid in the house one time, called a man in adultery. That's an honest God truth. I turned my badge in. You hear me? I stepped out, and that man was whiter than this white shirt I got on. He started trying to explain. I said, You don't have to explain anything to me. I'm here. I know. I'd had enough, though. He'd give me trouble for so many years nothing but problems. Give every preacher before me problems. I knew he, I knew what he was doing. I just never had a chance to catch him. But I caught him. I thought that God, the God called me to be a sheriff. Guess what? He did I laid my badge down. I'm going to preach the truth in this pulpit. And whether you live by it or not, it's up to you. You're going to have to answer to God for everything that's preached over this pulpit. And if you got things in your life today that shouldn't be there, you're only partially obeying God. If you got some stuff and a hidden agenda, and you got uh, you got unforgiveness in your spirit, and you got you got things that you've been been holding on to, and you've got grudges, and and you 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 got hatred, and you don't like this one, and you've said a bad word about that one, and it's been a long time. My God, I'm preaching today. It's been a long time since you prayed through the Holy Ghost, had spoken other tongues as the Spirit gave the others. Let me tell you what I believe. I don't believe you get the Holy Ghost 50 years ago, and that's enough. I just believe you. I don't care what you think. The Bible said you're saved by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs a renewing. There ain't none of us spiritual enough just to pray one time in our life. I do not believe, internet, on once saved, always saved. I do not believe that doctrine. Paul said, lest after I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. You can still go to hell sitting on the spews of a Pentecostal church. You can still be disobedient to God and claim to be a saint of God. I'm preaching to you on a Sunday. I know it sounds hard But you can't be saved Partially obeying God Obedience To the word of God Is so vital and so important So Here's where we are it's up to you whether you obey the Word or not. It's up to you whether you believe what God's saying or not. Let me tell you how particular God is, okay? Remember Noah. Remember him? Why did God come down to Noah and speak to him and say, I want you to build an ark. I want you to build it so many cubits wide. Help me out, Toby. I want you to build it so many cubits high. I want you to put one window in it. I want it to look up. I want you to put one door in it. I want you to build it out of gopher wood. Noah, I want you to pitch it within and pitch it without. He gave him instruction, Greg, how to build that ark. He said, this is what's going to float when I send the flood. This is it right here. And it took Noah, according to most folks' calculations, about 120 years. He was a preacher of righteousness. He preached and he built. When he got through preaching, the only converts he had was his family. Ham, Shem, Japheth, their wives, Noah's wife, eight people. Pretty little church for a whole world. They walked up the gangplank of that boat. Have you ever read the scriptures that said God shut the door? Noah didn't shut the door. God shut the door. God reached down and said, Thank you, Noah. Boom. I submit to you on this Sunday morning that if Noah had not built according to God's plan, his boat would not have made it through the storm. Does anybody believe me this morning? God said, you've got to do it this way. This is how you do it. This is exactly what you do. And because Noah followed divine instruction and was obedient to God, he and his family were the only ones saved when God sent a flood. Everybody else pounding on the ark, trying desperately to build things to float in. They drowned. Everything on earth drowned except what was in that ark. You hear me? Every dog, every cat, every cow, everything drowned except the animals that Noah took on the ark and his family, eight people but only because he followed instruction. say, well, I don't believe that. I just don't believe God's that harsh. Oh, but yes, he is. That's why he said, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him, Brother Jimmy, he said, it is sin. If you know And you're not doing it. You may not be smoking. You may not be drinking. You may not be shooting up. You may not be going to the bars. But to him that knoweth to do good. Oh, that covers a lot, folks. And doeth it not. You know what? Because it's the sin of partial obedience. Sometimes I'm preaching to you this morning. Ah, uh, you may leave here and say, Well, I didn't I didn't like that. But I'm gonna preach to you. I got you right here, right now. The next one, next one that that that, that, that says, I don't like it, I'll see you later. But I'm gonna preach to you. Go get you a pizza. But hear me right now. If you're going to Be saved. You can't pick and choose. Well, I like John 3:16. Well, I like John three five. Well, I like Acts two thirty-eight, all but so and so. I like this or I like that. You can't you can't just skip over and find a scripture in the book of Third John that says, He that loveth God is born of God. He's talking to the church. He's talking to people that's already been baptized and repented and is full of the Holy Ghost. Romans, all the way to Jude, through Jude, is to the church. It's epistles. It's written to people already saved. So that's where you find out how to stay saved. You find out how to get saved in the book of Acts. And when they asked Simon Peter, what must we do? You know what he said? It was no if and ands. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the plan of salvation whether you believe it or not. That's it. That's in the book. So what I'm saying to you is God is still particular. You've got to follow his word. I didn't make the rules. I didn't write the Bible. I didn't make up stuff to preach to you this morning. I'm preaching out of the Bible. And the Bible is the unadulterated truth. It's the Word of God. If we don't believe one verse, then we don't believe any verse. If we don't believe all of it, then we can't believe just some of it. I'm telling you, you're looking at a preacher. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I want you to know I want to get there. I'm striving to be what God wants me to be. I want to get to where God is. I want to know and hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is there anybody in this church today that wants to each day. Stand up on your feet today. I want to go to heaven. I want to be right with God. I want to do the things that God's asking me to do. Ah. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this room today. Above everything else, I want to be saved. So if it means me laying something else down. I told the Lord this morning, I've been a blessed man. I've been a blessed man. God's blessed me so much. I can't never, ever repay God or thank Him enough. Anybody else feel that way? I've been blessed. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. But Lord, you can have all that back have every material thing I have just save me save me from this untoward generation whatever consecration I need to make whatever dedication I need to make whatever thing that I need to lay down I will utterly destroy the things that you say destroy I will get rid of them I will say no to them I will put them out of my life Because if that's what you say, God, that's what I have to do. I wish today that somebody in this room would do a little soul searching. I've not preached this hard in a long time, but I'm preaching on this Sunday morning. Let me tell you what this is. This is an old GE sermon right here. I don't mean he preached it. He probably did. But this is the way you were raised, you that's been around here a long time. If you're going to be saved, honey, you've got to do everything God's asking you to do. You've got to lay it all on the line for Jesus today. You can't withhold one thing. It's not about what religion you are. I feel like saying it to you on the Internet. It's not whether you're Pentecostal or Baptist or Catholic or Methodist or Church of God. It's not any of that. It's about what the Word of God says. And it's about what we're doing to obey the Word of God. I am preaching righteousness and truth this morning. And I'm preaching to people in this room today. That somewhere along the way you've just kind of said, oh well, that doesn't matter. Let away Gag live. We'll, we'll, we'll just kill him when it's time to kill him. But God's walked in on this Sunday morning. Here's what He said: What's that I hear? Is that the lowing of oxen? Is that the bleeding of sheep? What what are you what are you doing? Why are you still there? Why do you have that? Why are you still mixed up there? Why are you still letting that go? You know you felt convicted, but you've you've hammered the conviction back down so many times that it can't hardly speak anymore. Is that the lowing of oxen and the bleeding of sheep. God's saying on this Sunday morning to partially obey is to disobey. Make note, and I close. Saul killed everything but one man. One man. What? But it cost him his kingship. The man came to Jesus in the New Testament. I know I'm preaching over and I don't really care. The man came to Jesus in the New Testament. Here's what he said, Good Master. What does it take to inherit eternal life? He said, Keep the commandments. And he said, I've kept all the commandments, I've kept them for my youth out. Since I was a young man, I kept the commandments, Lord. He's feeling pretty good at that point until Jesus said, Watch me now. Jesus said, Thou lackest one thing. I don't know where your one thing is. I don't know where it is today. And it may not be one thing. It may be more or it may be nothing. If you're good, I'm good. But let me tell you today, if there's one thing that you're harboring from God, and you refuse to let go of. It can be the sin of disobedience. And I don't want to see you go to hell over one thing. With every eye closed. Every head bowed in this room this Sunday morning. Who wants to come do a heart check this morning? Who wants to come let God do a heart check? Who wants to walk down to the front of this building and kneel before God today? Or stand? Just stand. Lord, here I am. Here. I...